Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Okay, okay. Hold back your applause, everybody. It's very believable. Joe, can you believe the applause? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Oh, please, please, silence. It's okay. It's okay. Please stop. Please, please stop. You're very believable. You've done a great job. Now, when we do this show for real, have that, have that same kind of energy. Same enthusiasm. The same enthusiasm. Give me a 10. Give me a 10. Thunder me with your applause. <laughs> Give me your thunder. <laughs> Folks, episode... Uh, fix Epi- it in... <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's episode 140 or one, the current one you're listening to. Episode number current one you're listening to, Standing Brothers Show... I am your host, Jacob Standridge, and I am joined, as per always, by Joe. Giuseppe. That's your name, Giuseppe. Giuseppe Stendelberg. That's, that's my anonymous name now that I've just given it away to everyone. <laughs> Giuseppe. No, Giuseppe. Giuseppe. Yeah, Giuseppe Stendelberg. Here you go. Stendelberg. You're not just, it's not, not Standberg, as the... The family. It, ma- it makes it sound more foreign if you say Standelberg. Standelberg. Mr. Oh, Mr. Oh, Mr. Standelberg, your <laughs> table is ready. <laughs> you have to, you have table what do you, is ready. What do you want for your drink, Mr. Standelberg? I'll have the house red. Oh, very good, sir. Very good, Mr. Standelberg. <laughs> he sounds Swedish and Indian at the same time. Very good, Mr. Standelberg. What, are you buying wine from a 7-Eleven? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. Just kidding. Anyway, if um, you thought that was cringy, get ready for the rest of the show. Because oh boy, are you are we, are we wrapping it up, folks? We are um, we are on the fast track. Stop making that noise. <laughs> I'm just flicking Put this. Put that away. That's it's horribly distracting. Put that away. Go brush your teeth. <laughs> um, <laughs> how you folks doing? You folks doing good? Well, you've. If you clicked on this this podcast, I'm sorry because it's it's not going to get any better. <laughs> For whatever reason, we feel a little goofy. I, am, I don't know why. I feel just, a little goofy. Maybe because I I am not taking this episode extremely serious and and uh, you're weird. <laughs> you're goofy. <laughs> you're goofy. Um. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's a little more lighthearted episode. No, piss me off, Art. You know, there's so much craziness and just negativity going on in the world. Um. Apparently, apparently Fauci is um back back from the dead, and he's told us that there's this new COVID strand. Shut up. Coming up. And that's when you go, shut up, we're done with you, you're done, we're fired, we're, we're, we're out of here. You don't get to just disappear for two months and come Security. back. You don't have to, listen, Fauci, you don't get to just disappear for two months and then come back and say, well, according to my calculations, we're going to have to lock down for another two more years because, because, um, there's this new strand, this new Omicron, or the Omicron 2.0 is coming out now and it's going to take over America, it's been taking over the UK, um, y- here we go again. You just can't let it die. You can't let the fad die, folks. Look, look. The shoulder pads. The, the grift is over. The leg warmers. It, Parachute pants. It was done. The folks are folks are done with it. And then, of course, Fauci slowly fell fall fell out out of relevance uh, because there's more pressing matters to to attend to, and the fact that COVID is basically gone in the United States as far as cases go. Um, but ever since this new one came out, he's like he's like Joe Buck. Whenever October baseball rolls around, all of a sudden, um, everyone is like, 
literally nobody ever. And then Joe Buck is like, oh, Fox, Fox baseball sports. And it's a great day for, for baseball, everybody. So no one, nobody asked you. So, so nobody wanted you to commentate. I literally every year the World Series starts. I go on Twitter and Joe Buck is trending. And it's not because, oh, my gosh, he's a great color commentator. He's so great. No, it's the opposite He's universally reason. hated. Universally hated, and folks, rightfully so. I don't hate Joe Buck as a person, but... He's just annoying. Can we just not have any... Look, can we have Harry Doyle be... The- I would much rather have the... Um, <clears throat> I, was, I was watching the 93 uh, World, uh, All-Star Game, and here was the commentators. It was a very young Bob Costas, which yeah, that would have been fine. cool. Uh, Bob Uecker, or Harry Doyle, and Joe Morgan. That's a good... That's a good... Can we, can we just have that? Yeah, that'd be good. Could we just have Bob Costas do all the baseball games? Yeah. Well, I'd prefer that. Well, baseball's back. I mean, spring, spring training is in, is in full swing. I am enjoying I watching. In <laughs> full swing. <laughs> um, they're off to the, ra- off to the races. That's, 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 a, that's more of, a, of an Olympic um, pun there. But, you know, baseball's back, and I am in, I'm really enjoying it. I have, uh, I've been watching a lot of the games. What's, what's kind of nice is on the MLB app, they're allowing you to watch most of the games, streaming most of them, because you can't really get them. On they're not not all of them really TV. Televised. They're not all televised. I know they they'll televise them later on in the evening. But at that point, it's like why would you want to watch a rerun? I've, of I've already game? well well. There's that, but there's also I already <laughs> what's a rerun? <laughs> but I already know who won because I have the sports app. I have ESPN to tell me all of the all the scores. So I I, I don't know because you're a sports fan. I'm a sports guy. You know. I like the sports. The I sports, like sports. I like the sports. Mm-hmm. Do, do do you like the sports, Joe? I, I have my Norm McDonald sports hat. <laughs> Does he really have a did He had McDonald? a hat that said sports on it. Did he really? Yes, he did. Was it like <clears throat> was it a dad hat that was just It was a kind of an inside joke, I think. Um but yeah, you can find pictures of it. It's actually kind of funny. <laughs> That's a very Norm McDonald thing to do was just to wear the sports hat. Yeah. Sports. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh you know i kind of want to get one just to wear to like a braves game because i have i guess i have, I have no dog in the fight that comes to the braves i don't hate the braves We're watching I'm no the braves f- and the brewers <laughs> honestly oh we should get some if we go to a braves game this year because the yankees aren't coming and then cleveland aren't coming to atlanta you mean the guardians guardians well i said i said cleveland it's still the same city because the Yankees and the Guardians aren't coming to Atlanta, if if we go to a game, we should get sports hats. I like it. And just wear the Norm McDonald sports hats in honor of Norm. In, in honor of Norm. Well, here's, yeah. here's, here's Norm. He's wearing a red, a, red, a red wings. That's a Canadian. That's a, that's a Norm is all over the place. Norm doesn't know what team he wants to cheer for. All right. Anyway, <laughs> let's, uh, <clears throat> let's forget this about This episode was going to be kind of a little bit of, um, well, you know. As I said, a lot of terrible things are going on. A lot of bad takes are in full swing still to this day. It doesn't matter how much myself and Joe uh, try to combat these bad takes. They just keep popping up. It's it's like a game of whack-a-mole. It doesn't matter how hard you hit that stupid mole down. It's just going to pop right back up with these bad takes. And it's depressing a lot of people. And we're seeing a lot more people supporting um, conflict in, in Ukraine, as I predicted. And a lot of people have predicted that. Uh, it's a little, it's a little disheartening. You're seeing gas prices uh, skyrocket, all-time highs. They've came down in the recent days, but oil has begun to uh, creep its way back up as the uh, 
uh, trading futures market is quickly realizing that uh, once this ban goes into full force, uh, it's going to drive the price of oil up. People, if you want to watch the price of oil go up, you can watch the WTI, which is the international price, and then the Brent is the American price. We have gone all the way back up to 113 <clears throat> after dipping below 100 bucks last week. So we're going back up again as far as oil. Very depressing, very sad stuff. I filled my look. I f I went to fill up my Toyota Camry yesterday. It had about uh you know a gallon or two left in it, so it wasn't empty, but it you know it, it needed to be refilled, refueled, and for me to get. I think it was 12 gallons of gasoline. It was like five. It was like $55 to fill up a Toyota Camry, uh, which back this time two years ago, I could have filled it up for about mm, $25, $30. And that was a lot back then. I was like, wow, 30 bucks. If, if, if my gas pump broke $35, that was a lot. But I'm breaking $55 to fill up a Toyota Camry. Uh, it's, some, it's, it's hurting. It hurt me to... to uh, to insert my credit card, but you know, didn't have much of a choice. So we did not want to do another sad episode about the rising prices of food and how it's going to reach all time highs and how we're seeing wheat prices again, all time highs, lumber, all time highs. You even had uh, Jerome Powell himself come out today and said that inflation is way too high and it's, and it's slowly creeping away from them. That's sad. That's depressing. I didn't. We did not want to do another sad, depressing episode for you guys. So what we did is we wanted to laugh. We wanted to have some fun and we wanted to mock some people uh, because these people deserve it. These people deserve to be mocked. They deserve um, to have the um, the virtual rotten tomato thrown at them because, well, these are our leaders, and when they do things that are really stupid, I think it's our. I think, I think it's our civic duty to call it out and to cringe along with them. What, what do you think, Joe? I agree. You agree? I agree. So I got about <laughs> four or five clips we're going to play, and then maybe if we have anything else we want to talk about, we'll, uh, we'll go into that. But, you know, I want to take some time and just um, cringe along with them. The first thing that I wanted to talk about was, was it last Wednesday or last Thursday, uh, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, has, has him making the rounds um, – through the West, pleading to the Congresses of different nations for funding and for aid and all sorts of other things that he's been talking to them virtually. Uh, he spoke to, this was on the March 16th, so that would have been on Wednesday. Okay, so Tuesday, March 15th, he spoke to the Canadian Parliament. Are they Parliament in, Can in Canada? I don't know. Something like that. He spoke to the Canadian government. We'll just we'll leave it at that. That's ambiguous enough, and that leaves me from a, a nasty comment. No, it's really they're they're a Congress just like us, not Parliament. It, it leaves me from all from all, from all those comments. So Zelensky uh, spoke, and people have have known my thoughts on President Zelensky. I wrote a whole piece about it. You, you can have go read it. Nothing but love and admiration for nothing the man. but love and admiration for the man. Absolutely. Um, I don't look. I don't hate the man. I've made my thoughts very clear. In my article, which you can read at libertyoverdrive.substack.com. You can go read my piece there about him. Uh, I don't hate the man. I think that hating on him is is uh, pointless. But this love and this admiration all of a sudden we have for a president who 
uh, you wouldn't have known was the president of Ukraine, which you couldn't point to on a map uh, a little more than a month ago. We we're all of a sudden supposed to just fall head, head over heels for in love. Um, well, I mean, everyone's comparing him to Winston Churchill. Yes, I heard that today on Fox News this morning. I had Fox News on while I was getting ready for work, and literally, I forget who it was, someone said that we are seeing the modern-day Winston Churchill here, um, which is funny because everybody wants to be Winston Churchill, um, but in reality, they're all Neville Chamberlain, <laughs> and that's just the truth of the matter. Uh, he is not a Winston Churchill, but... Nor is he Neville Chamberlain. Nor is he Neville Chamberlain, but... He's uh, Zelensky. Yes. Or as, uh, well, I don't want to spoil the, the video coming anyway, up. Keep going. So he spoke to the U.S. Parliament, or the U.S. Congress, and did the same spiel about how we need we need um, more funding, we need more supplies, we need more uh, military power. And look, I know that people have been giving me crap for saying that for saying that saying that we should mind our own business and all of this, and I, I say that exclusively within the realm of like military aid should we be helping the refugees there's an argument there would you not agree there's an argument yeah, to go so. help the refugees or to go aid countries like poland and in romania who are having to absorb because they're the closest nations having to absorb these refugees i have no problem sending supplies like look if you're gonna rob my money in tax dollars i would Give it to that. It's already gone. Just go ahead and give it to the people who are being affected by this, um, who had no say, or the people of Ukraine who are having to flee from their homes. Uh, I'm, I'm I mean, not talking about that. If our if our involvement solely consisted of helping refugees and displaced Ukrainians, especially like children, find homes and uh, things like that, I'm, I'd be fine with that. I'm, take my money for that. I'm fine with that. Well, in, in, all, in all honesty, it kind of like there's an argument to be made that I've I've, I've heard people say about refugees from the Middle East who have been displaced because of U.S. involvement that we're obligated to help them because we have displaced them. You know, there's an argument to be had, that we had there. It, it's a tough argument to, to, to go against when there's some conservatives who say that we shouldn't be taking in refugees, um, like the Mark Levens of the world and other people who say we shouldn't be taking in refugees while at the same time advocating for wars that are causing these refugees. So it's kind of hard to not help these people who are you are literally destroying their lives and their homes while at the same time saying that we shouldn't help them at all. Kind of the, There's kind of a same argument you can be made here that I think that should be made. <clears throat> so, you know, I, I am fully supportive of an argument, a movement, whatever, that if you advocated for these wars in these in these nations, I'm not talking about your average Joe, Joe Blow who has no idea what's going on. Like, if, if you're a media personality, a writer, journalist, politician, weapons contractor, general, and you continue these, these meaningless wars, you should have to help the people that are being affected by this. I, I only think that's fair. If, you, if you're going to you, I don't think you should be able to burden someone living in the Rust Belt. It's like, well, now you have to you have to uh, invite these people into your home because that's what they that's what they really want because they want to feel charitable, so they're going to force refugees into the homes for the people. I don't think that's right, but you know, there's a lot of people who have 
elevated the actions and elevated the situation in Ukraine that has left that has led us to this situ- to, to, to this moment where Russia has invaded. You know, there's an argument that by pressuring NATO into moving in, or sorry, by, by pressuring Ukraine into moving into NATO, that you've only elevated the situation and you have forced Putin's hand on all of this, which is, we all, I need to address this, that the, the people out there who are saying that um, Putin is going to invade other countries. He's going to Poland and he's going to Romania. Where has Putin ever said anything of the sorts? Go back tw- 15 years. When has Putin ever mentioned anything other than Ukraine as far as his national his national security interests? Where? If there is a clip, a writing of Vladimir Putin saying that we need to conquer and annex Ukraine, um, Romania and Poland for the national security or the existence of those countries in NATO is a threat to national national security, please let me know. I'll be happy to, to retract that statement. There is no evidence to support that Vladimir Putin has any intentions to move past Ukraine. There isn't. And furthermore than that, you don't understand the economic situation that is going on in, in Russia right now. I don't know if you read the reports or not, Joe, but they, they came out that there's a good chance that in the middle of April that Russia could default on its debt mm-hmm. because of so much frozen assets that are being that were held abroad. They're not able to be brought back into Russia that they're not able to make their bond payments. Russia issues out bonds, much as like the U.S. Treasury does. And if they can't make their bond payments, they um, they, default. they default, and they have to pay those bonds in dollars. They're 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 agreed in dollars. Whereas Putin's trying to change it to where he where he can pay into rubles, which would mean he'd be able to print money to pay for that. And again, people have this idea: oh, well, Russia's just going to roll through Europe. If they can't make their bond payments, how do you expect them to fund their military for a full scale invasion? Which, if, if you also want to believe that, then you also got to believe that, well, you know, Ukraine's whole, 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 is, is, is holding their own. And they're going to win this war. These are contradicting points that people are trying to make. And they're trying to make them all at the same time by not addressing them all at the same time. They address them separately. Well, it's like the same when they say that, you know... Putin is this irrational, crazy man, while at the same time they paint him as this messianic figure who is trying to save all of Russia. Okay, it's it's either one or the other. Mm-hmm. It, the, the two cannot be true at the same time. It's like they say the same thing about the Mullahs in Iran, how they're suicidal, or that the, the North Koreans are suicidal. Well, if that's the case, then they're really bad at it. Yeah. Because it's not happening. So that's what's going on in Ukraine, is that they are begging for for fighter jets and fighter support and more aid. Again, we've already addressed no issue with sending people and sending uh, funds to go help these people. No issue there. Do have an issue with the whole no-fly zone thing, which he is adamant. And thankfully, oh my gosh, thankfully, um, prominent politicians. Now, there are some lower-level losers who have been advocating for it, but... Uh, as of right now, as far as Biden goes, as far as most of the generals go, I have not heard anyone advocating for a no-fly zone, so we're we are good for now. Um, but, that, that, but, that, 
but that is his big thing. His big thing is the is is the no fly zone. That's what he's he's dying on. So whenever he addressed Congress, and and so we're gonna cringe along with uh, our uh, our Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, Mister. Sorry, sorry, Mrs. I'm gonna rub your fist together. Does do, she do? Pelosi. Does she do that whenever she watches the dead Ukrainians? Because you know she did that whenever we, they talked about the um, um dead dead U.S. soldiers. Right. She was like rubbing her. She was like, "Yes, I like that." That's so weird. She's a weird. Look, I have three clips of Nancy Pelosi. It's about to get weird. So this is her addressing Zelensky. Uh, you know, I, I watched this live and. It was one of those things where I, I couldn't believe my what I was watching because I'm like, no, this is not actually happening. What we have right now, and you, I can't see it, of course, but what we have right now is we have Congress inside of a giant uh, like auditorium. I'm assuming at, at, at the U.S. Capitol, and Zelensky on the on the tele on the um, TV, and they're all giving a big standing ovation for him whenever he came on. Everyone stood up, stood up, and immediately tried to applaud and tried to out applaud the person next to them uh, to 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 congratulate um, our favorite president other than other, other than than uh, than some than Biden. Some Joe, Joe Biden and maybe more popular than 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 Barack Obama that, that's possible Zelensky might go down as the most popular president in, in in US history this is this is entirely possible but let's just have a listen of what of what our speaker of the house has to say to him and and oh boy just gave for the cringe mind he, he has not he has not said a word yet he's merely only appeared on on the screen like his feed started you know you know when, when you're when, when you're, in, you're in a zoom call and there's that awkward moment it's like oh crap who's let's who's gonna talk first that that's that's the moment we're in right now Mr. President, good morning, Madam Ambassador, who is with us this morning. Madam Ambassador. <laughs> and a second standing ovation. Ambassador Makarova. <sighs> How long did she rehearse that? Not long enough. Mr. President, it is my honor to present to you the Congress of the United States, which has great respect and admiration and appreciation for your courageous leadership. Members of Congress, I have the high privilege and distinct honor of presenting to you the President of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky. Slava Ukraina. Slava Ukraina. She pronounced uh, his name wrong. Vladimir Zelensky. I thought it was Voldemort. That was Voldemort. So the little bit at the end, she said that that uh, I'm gonna butcher, it, but the Zlavak, Anak, whatever. Something. Something. To me, it sounded like um, whenever I heard it, um, I I I didn't know what it was because obviously it's in Ukrainian, but uh, it reminded me of Flight of Passage at a Disney whenever they go, um, um, Sivake. <laughs> <laughs> Rise to the challenge, as the as the as the Navi say. The blue people. The blue people. No, but what that means is that is Ukrainian for um, glory to the warriors. 
is uh, is uh, what that means. So I I assuming that she I'm assuming that she's not meaning the uh, the um, the um, Nazis in the Ukrainian National Guard. I, I don't I don't think she's she she she's referring to to uh, the Azov Battalion. Yeah, to C14 in 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 the S14 Battalion. I don't, I don't think she's referring to those warriors because you know that would look pretty bad if you're saying glory to glory to the Nazis, which you know Putin has come out and say that this is all about ridding the um, world of Nazis. The denazification. Is that hyperbolic? Yes. Yes. We have fully said that, yes, the Ukrainian military is made up of some neo-Nazis. About 10% is the best calculation that I've seen. But still, 10%, um, you know how they try to paint America as just a bunch of Nazis. Or but, Trump supporters. Or, tr- or Trump supporters as Nazis, even though and, and they and they focus to... What's like Charlottesville? Yeah, less than less than the tenth. So of a less percent. than a hundred people, about a yeah. hundred people showed up to Charlottesville, and all of a sudden the entire country's Nazis. But you can have 10 percent of an entire national guard be legit uh, professing neo Nazis, um, and that's completely hyperbolic and untrue. And the fact that they're having to do damage control to cover the fact that 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 these people do they they do in fact exist. And my favorite one well, was you, you say neo Nazis, I say Jewish president. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's 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 what I've read. Is yeah. the New York Times literally came out and said, "Well, well, Zelensky's Jewish," and just because the president's Jewish does not mean that these people don't exist. Now, is Putin being hyperbolic when he's saying, "Where where we are ridding the the uh, um so world of Nazis by invading Ukraine?" Yes. Is that untrue? Yes. He's he is he is being a little bit um he is exaggerating slightly. Um, you know that's the thing that I would say as a joke. Mm. Something that I would say as as a joke would be, "Hey, let's be on the side of Russia because he's killing Nazis." Like that's a joke. Like that's, that's something that a comedian would say, or <laughs> something that <laughs> I would say yeah. at a dinner party or something, just to be edgy and to be funny. Um, and I fully understand that it is not true. So people that are, yes, you can you you can come out and say that Putin is being hyperbolic. He's being misleading. He's being dishonest. Yes, and conceded that point 100%. He's being dishonest on this. But that's the other thing is that is he is he right that he is killing Nazis? Well, I mean, technically speaking, you know, 10% of the military force is made up of professing neo-Nazis. And if you don't believe me, just go look up the Ukrainian what Ukrainian National Guard C14, I think that's what you got to look up. The Azov Battalion, yeah. Azov Battalion, but I'm saying that that's what they call Hold on, National Guard. Just, just, just like you people the right information, that way they can go look it up for themselves. And they're actually under the Human Rights Watch. If you, the Human Rights Watch has them listed as well as a recognized hate and neo-Nazi group. Yeah, here you go. So S14 is a is a Ukrainian right far right wing organization um, that is a ultra neo-Nazi. Um, Ukrainian nationalist that was formed in 2010 and in 2018 they um, violently atta- violently attacked Romanian camps they were also involved in the bombing of the Donbass region, region I believe so you know nice guys nice guys whatsoever um, they are under the human rights watch as far as a um, neo-Nazi hate group and this is a faction of people that are in the military and in the National Guard so, you know, you can you can write you can try to play 
the the well Zelensky's a Jew Carl you want um, doesn't make what I'm saying untrue at all so was that cringy was it cringy to watch the the speaker of the house come up there and say um, glory to the warriors even though we know some of the warriors are Nazis and the fact that we have we have to just fall over ourselves and praise this man you know um, I was I've gone to several Atlanta United games and thankfully they don't do the whole moment of silence thing anymore because I don't think there's anything wrong, nothing wrong with the moment of silence, but I do find it funny, as I said many times, that like now, now we're concerned about the human rights in a foreign land because of an invading nation. Now, because, because, because we're not doing it. That's why we're upset now. Yeah. (laughs) I I haven't been, I haven't seen one of those just yet, but it's, uh, it's, it's quite cringe. Another thing that I thought was quite cringy, I looked up his speech that Zelensky gave before Congress, and um, be, to to tug at the heartstrings of, of the of American voters and the the Americans, he invoked Pearl Harbor and nine eleven, and he said something to the effect of, "Well, oh yeah, I did see that." He said something to the effect that that the Ukraine is facing a Pearl Harbor and nine eleven every single day. Uh, again, uh, nice try, Zelensky, but I'm not falling for it. Uh, you can try that all you want. You can try to manipulate the voters and the Congress all you want, but you're not fooling me. Uh, Pearl Harbor and 9/11 have nothing to do with what's with what's going on in uh, in Ukraine. This is no, this has nothing to do, with, frankly, quite frankly, with the American citizens. This is your problem. And then I think the mo- the most cringeworthy moment was when he said uh, he he invoked Martin Luther King when he said, "I have a dream." Uh, these words are known to each of you. Today I can say I have a need, and I need to protect the sky. Uh, dude, you're not even good at this. Um, he, he's, he's invoking Martin Luther King because of the, for a no-fly zone. Again, stop it. It's not working. Now, it might work for some brain-dead folks who all they consume is just you know, corporate news. But if you think about it reasonably and objectively, um, he, he, he's trying to manipulate and fool you. So... Uh, resist that, and the, he he calls on uh, President Biden and the 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 U.S. government to do more. Uh, again, you have no authority to do that. You oh. have no 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 no. I, I'm sorry, but you have no right to ask the American government or Americans to do anything. And if you're asking us to put up a no-fly zone, which you know full well will be broken within all of two seconds. And U.S. fighter jets will be fighting at, at Russian fighters, knowing full well that that will bring the United States in to save you. So what you're asking for is for Americans to put their lives on the line to save you. Because as, because as, as we're, we're being propaganda, as we're being lied to that, you know, you know, Ukraine can win. No, they can't. This is not a winnable situation for them. They are not winning. Okay? Ukraine is not winning. And so for you to come out and, and demand that the United States put up a no-fly zone, shame on you, okay? No, you're not going to drag us into this mess now. And the, the hubris and the, the, just the, the irrationality of him to come before the U.S. Congress and demand that they act in a certain way I think is, is irresponsible. And I think it's, it's quite honestly, it's, I, don't, I, don't know if it, I don't know if it's evil. I can't think of the right word to say, but it's, it's not right. It, it, ain't, it ain't right. Yeah. He, has, he has no authority to do that. There is a um, <clears throat> there's a report 
that they are using. Um, He's also asking for more money. Yeah, there there have been reports that there have been volunteers, um, so U.S. volunteers that have been joining Ukraine, and basically the, the Ukrainian forces are using them as as um, cannon fodder, sending them to all the bad situations to be basically sacrificed for them. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a, I don't think I have an issue with a president coming and saying, "Hey, please help me," um, but 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 then to invoke uh, historical uh, events. Like, okay, let me ask you this, uh, Zelensky. You know, you obviously weren't in power during uh, Pearl Harbor or during uh, 9-11. But what if we went, what if what if the U.S. went to went to Poland or Germany and said, hey, you know what? 9-11 happened. You guys going to help us out? You know what's funny? You, you're, you are, you're now morally obligated because a bad thing happened to us. Do you know who uh, President Bush got the first phone call from after 9-11? Was that Putin? Vladimir Putin. He, yeah. said, he said, I am at your service. Back when we had actual good relations with Russia. Well, well, you know, that's back before um, Russia stole an election. Right. Back, back, back before Russia um, installed a president. Right. Um, that's where and all this happened. sent really nasty memes. You know, that, that's... <laughs> You do you think that out of all the Russian bots, Putin was like the final stopgate for all of the memes? Send good meme, no bad meme. You have to CC him in all the emails. Yeah, the CC Putin all the emails, and, and all you just get is there's a there's a JPEG of it, the thumbs up and a thumbs down for <laughs> whether it's approved or not. I do not get humor. No, no thumbs down. Send man to camp. <laughs> you send a bad meme to Putin, you get sent to a camp. <laughs> That's terrible. Well, think about it. That'd be like a court gesture going to do it to a king. If it's not a funny joke, you get, like, hung or something. It's uh, it's like a Dr. Evil. It's like, I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. And then he just pushes the button yeah. for you to fall in. So, yeah, I think it is kind of uh, cringy and uh, a little bit awkward to invoke Martin Luther King for uh, two way woefully different contexts as far as the I, ha- I Have a Dream speech. Well, he did the same thing, too, when he spoke before the British Parliament. He invoked Shakespeare. Yeah. I'm like, no! <laughs> he said to be or not to be. Come on! To be or not to be. Come on! Well, now, it'd have been funny if he was referencing Star Trek because they did that in Star Trek. Uh, I, think I don't think Zelensky watched Star Trek. The un- maybe I think, I think maybe he's a Trekkie. Under- I think he was in the Undiscovered Country when... Christopher Plummer and Kirk got into a battle. Do you think that Zelensky's is a Trekkie? I hope not. Or is he a Star Wars guy? What do you think? I hope he. I, I okay. I don't care. I've got. I've. I've grown so weary of of Star Wars. I don't care anymore. But now I'm kind of growing weary of Star Trek now too because uh, what's her face? The the governor of Georgia, <laughs> Stacey Abrams, appeared in Star Trek Discovery, which is a garbage, terrible show, by the way. What is? I could already see her coming in there, and they would have, like, a dispute on democracy or on, like, voting or something like that. Let me help you guys out. Whoa, it's Stacey Abrams, everybody! Well, no, apparently what it was is that the United uh, Planet of Earth, she's the president of the United Planet of Earth, and she... uh, I guess she's normalizing relations with the Federation. That's the highest position she's ever held. That is a Michael Malice. That's Malice's the highest right position she's ever held. Oh my! Fictitious. She's gonna put that in, in a way. It's a Wikipedia. President of the Federation of Earth or whatever. The United, the United, United, United Earth. Earth yeah. Wait, you can you can find the video. It that's is the, it is beyond cringe. That's the highest. That's the highest um, office she'll ever hold. <laughs> 
you know, you told me that today. I'm like, no, nah, come on. I'll have to go watch it. Uh, yeah, cringe. I would say cringe. You know, we're talking like a seven. It's pretty cringy. This, uh, again, we have some more from Nancy Pelosi. She is the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, this is Nancy Pelosi talking about uh, the aftermath. Well, actually, I think this happened. This is on the 14th. This came out. So a little bit before Zelensky, but not a whole lot has changed about um, this, about the narrative of, of us helping them. And, you know, I, I do love the argument of that. We have to help more. And this is kind of we like... We can always do more. We can always do more. We can always help more. Uh, you, you know, and until you tell me what that more is, um, I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I do not believe you. I don't believe what you're saying. I don't think you're saying anything. I, I think you're just trying to act virtuous whenever you say we need to be doing more. Because, truthfully, that's all it really is. So this is, this is Nancy Pelosi giving a press conference. And now she's giving, she's ask, answering questions about, uh... The the um, so no fly zone. She's answering questions about the no fly zone, and this was her response. This is her interesting response to this, and uh, you, you can tell that she's been rehearsing this for a long time. What did he have to say about that, and where do you stand on that? Well, I I had um, last week and this week conversations with the speaker of the of the parliament of Ukraine, and that would and and correspondence that he sent us and the rest that has always been one of the things they ask for but they know that we can't go there uh the, putin is trying to bait the trap so that uh, we go in and that's the beginning could be the beginning of world war three uh, putin totally irresponsible using weapons that are not allowed under the geneva connect convention what the geneva Con connection connection just, Putin, who? What, Joe? Just like, just spit it out, lady. Just stop, stop You're babbling, not... you fool! <laughs> Quit babbling, you fool! Yes or no? <laughs> uh, threatens use of chemical weapons. Um, Have they ever threatened of using chemical weapons? I'm still waiting for Putin to be well, like, I don't know. You retreat or I drop, I drop chlorine bomb over over Kiev. Okay, so they 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 threaten to use nukes, which I I is be... that a chemical weapon though? No. Well, the chemical weapon stuff is all just um. <laughs> Uh, fear mongering from the West. I don't think that the I don't think the Russians have ever said to my now this to my knowledge I don't know I don't think they've ever said that we're going to drop you know you know the the, the bubonic plague on Ukraine I don't, I don't think they've said that because um, I, I don't know yeah again if there is if if Putin has came out and said that if you don't retreat that I'm going to drop sarin gas over over some over some city in Ukraine well all this comes from that Senate hearing with um, with Victoria Newland and Marco Rubio. When they the U.S. basically admitted, hey, we do have these bio labs mm -hmm. in Ukraine, and there may or may not be chemical weapons there that that the U.S. may or may not be maintaining. We don't know. But but what I'm saying though is that there is an argument right now, and we had the Speaker of the House saying this that they're threatening to use chemical weapons. I think this is the same threat that that Assad used used chemical weapons. On the people of Syria, I think I think that they're using the same chemical weapons that Putin and, well, yeah, and Assad. Well, because they need a red line. Because Liz Cheney had said today or yesterday that, uh, well, we, we need to be we, we've been very clear about what we won't do uh, in in Ukraine, but we also need to be very clear about what we will do. And chemical weapons is a red line for the United States. Okay, so if, so if they drop chemical weapons, is that is that is that World War Three? I, I certainly hope not. My, I don't understand the the. 
the fearmonger of chemical weapons. Like, yes, they're devastating. And look, look, dropping white phosphorus, if you've ever looked up what that does to a person, it is a thing out of horror well, movies. Just, just research uh, what happened at Waco, and you'll you can, you'll know everything you need to know about yes. it. Yes, but what I'm saying is that we have this this allure of chemical weapons that it's just the most next to nuclear. It's the worst thing you can drop. But yet you can you can mortar and you can shell somebody in, into into oblivion, and you, you can, can drone strike and carpet bomb carpet, them. Carpet bomb or use napalm, and it's just whatever. And, and it's like okay, whatever. But it, but 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 you drop Saron, that that's it. That's that is the red line. It's chemical weapons, but but yet, car, but yet, Putin's been carpet bombing um, and shelling and, and doing and doing numerous round round the clock some um um Bombings. strikes all over Ukraine, and they're like, yeah, it's bad, but you know, so we can't. At least it's not mustard gas. We can't go in, but if they drop, you know, some mustard gas, and that's it. It's over. I don't know. I, I get that chemical weapons are extremely um, effective and potent, and yes, I get that. But there is a difference. But I guess but, it's, it's, it's on a scale of totality, uh, it's it's. Okay, I don't I don't think he would ever drop a, a germ like I don't know like the plague or whatever because that 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 crap spreads. Yeah, no, that he's not. He's not, he's not put 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 smallpox. Um, and, and to Kiev, because well, what happens to smallpox is is it, it'll find its way back to Russia. You just kill yourself. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's a big difference between carpet bombing somebody and drone striking somebody and then nuking someone. Like clearly, you can destroy an entire nation with a single nuclear weapon, effectively, you know, well, it, executed. It, it would take a couple, but I, I understand what you're saying. Yes. But we had this allure that 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 chemical weapons is the red line, and they they they've used this red line many times. Um, it was the red line in, in in Syria whenever allegedly Assad dropped nuclear weapon. Or I'm sorry, chemical weapons, and then you had James Mattis and everyone else come out and say, "Well, we don't really, we never had evidence." And then you had the one CNN reporter who was sniffing, like, "Oh yeah, sniffing it." And she's like, "Smells oh, like it sarin." Smells like sarin. Yeah. Just sniff sarin gas. That's how it works. Do you know it? Whenever they, you know, you know, you know that that's how the scientists first discovered, um, 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 some mustard gas. Is that they sniffed it and like, well, that's mustard gas. It burns my nose. <laughs> Let's just keep listening to this. Nuclear and the rest. So they know that we can't. But it's the ask. Now, he was uh, this morning more. Let's if we can't have an if we can't have a no-fly zone, let us have our own, and we need the airplanes to come in. No, 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 no. This morning he was less on the on the ask for the um, uh, that policy, more on let us do it, help us get the planes. But also there is a school of thought that thinks the anti-aircraft. Missiles and the rest are a very important way. Myself, when I see that, that those tanks, that 40 miles of tanks, I'd like to take out those tanks. I mean, I, I think that air, uh, them having more planes might be useful, but that I'm not a, a military strategist. We hope that we will be able to get up to a place. I hope. You ask me how. I, I hope that we can get to a place where the uh, MIGs, which are saying anything. <laughs> she has said nothing. She's like, the tanks, let's take those out. And I hope that we can get to a place where 
where the planes, you, 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 you like the MIGs. Oh, wait, hold on. Here, I'll go back. So you can listen to the full context. It's 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 brilliant. This is this is brilliant, folks. This is our Speaker of the House right She's here. She's third in line to the presidency. Third in line to the president. Here we go. Strategist. We hope that we will be able to get up to a place. I hope. You ask me how. I, I hope that we can get to a place where the uh, MIGs, which are the kinds of planes they've been trained on, can go to did, Ukraine. Did she just not finish that word? The F-16s. <laughs> the MiGs that can go to the... The F-16s. <laughs> She's pulling a Biden. All you hear is the Windows XP shut down. The da -da -da -da. <laughs> Excess of them uh, can backfill for Poland. Wow, that was... I don't think she said anything. Third in line to the president, folks, right there. I don't even, you know, are the comments turned off for this? I don't even know. Well, it's the, it's look, the, it's the AP. So. Look, you know, I have issues speaking and the, and the things with, with you know, the words and what. I have issues speaking sometimes, and I fully admit that. I don't claim to be a linguistic expert, if you will, but I am not. I am some schmuck who has access to the internet and some cheap microphones and a, an audacity that I downloaded for free. I am not the speaker of the house up here speaking on matters of whether or not we're going to get involved in a third world war. <laughs> Well, she's a very important person talking about in very, very important things, uh, and she's not saying anything. You have said nothing. Whenever she says that Putin is trying to bait, you know, like, like the mouse trap, and trying to get us in the trap. There, what, here, here's the thing that that I find most cringy, most concerning with with what they're talking about now. They are all against the no fly zone until they're not. Yeah. Well, so they're very against saying, oh, no, we cannot get involved in a no-fly zone. We can't do it because that means World War Three. But the moment that it's politically expedient for us to be this narrative of, of how change. of how strongly they are against it and saying, well, we can't do it because of X, Y and Z, which they're right. Look, Nancy Pelosi's right in this 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 speech where, or speech, whatever you want to call it, that no, we can't get involved. <laughs> There's no way we can get involved. That, that means the end. And she's right here. Now, am I saying that she's right because she's competent and she knows the circumstances? Or is she right because right now it's not politically expedient for her to have a different opinion? I lean more towards the latter. Because that's truly what's going on. And you're seeing more and more senators flip. And as that is to be predicted. But, folks, don't be surprised that when Russia begins winning this war... And decisively, and if they were to, let's say they were able to capture Zelensky and hold him hostage or prisoner, you would see this narrative switch real quick. That the god we're all supposed to worship in, in President Vladimir Zelensky, uh, if he's ever captured or held hostage, that you would see real quick that, okay, well, so we got to go save him. Because this is the guy that we've been heralded as this great hero and not been captured. We're saving democracy. Say exactly. We're saving democracy. We're standing up for democracy. Like, uh, like, uh, like what David Frum said. I have to, I have to uh, 
paraphrase. Paraphrase, but he was saying that in the midst of a war, he is making Ukraine more free and more diverse. Yeah. While at the same time, he's banning uh, political parties in op- in media opposition in Ukraine. It's a more diverse place to be. It's okay. It's, it's the it's it's this is the best. This is the cradle of democracy. Some of the comments are pretty funny down here. No one could pick a more incompetent speaker if we tried. I'd love to see a two-hour video of Nancy Pelosi setting a mousetrap. <laughs> yeah, these are, these, are, these are great. So we have one more video from our Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. This is Nancy Pelosi. Now, when I I was just – before the episode began, I kind of pulled the videos and kind of had an idea of what we want to talk about and the cringy things I wanted to, to – is that Jen? Is that Senator Leahy there? <laughs> not the good. Not, not that's Jim a James Leahy, Leahy or, but that's the other. Like, what's his name? It's I don't know. Anyway, continue. But um, I, I just typed in, you know, Pelosi Ukraine speech, whatever. And this one comes up, and I had no idea this this even existed until 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 now. But I I read the title and I went hmm. This could be really interesting. Let's let's watch this, Joe. Mm. The title is Bono Poem About Ukraine. Odd moment. Pelosi reads singer's poetry at St. Patrick's event. I'm like, okay. You know, Bono's got a lot of... St. Patrick's Day event. Not, oh, sorry. Yes. Not parade. Uh, you know, Bono's got a lot of bad takes when it comes to issues in the world. That, that's fully... Um, it's fully on on record and has, 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 has been documented... Uh, I don't think Bono's an idiot, but he, he he's had a lot of really, really bad takes um, through his life. And looking at Bono in Ukraine, I knew for a fact that his take was going to be incorrect in this matter. So I was intrigued. So I click on it, and we have Nancy Pelosi at the St. Patrick's Day event at the White House, or yeah, it's at the White House. And I watched this, and I'm not going to lie. Did I laugh pretty yeah, you, you manically at the mm-hmm, end? Mm-hmm. Um, let's just let's just listen to this. And keep in mind, though, that like in this video, nobody is paying attention and no one's caring about what's going on. But well, she has no gavel to bang. This is the level of cringe and the level of hysteria that we are all in to just fall over ourselves into worshiping, into praising Ukraine, into praising Zelensky. That stuff like this happens. This is a, this is a result of that manic hysteria. Is just gems like this. This message this morning. It's kind of hard to hear at first because the audio screwed up, but they fix it about halfway through. From Bono, and, and most of us, we're always whether we're in Ireland or here, or whatever it is, Bono has been a very Irish part of our lives. Hmm. <laughs> Bono has been a very Irish part of our lives. Well, you because know, he is Irish, Jacob. <laughs> you know, you know, Joe Guinness has been a really Irish part of our lives. <laughs> Let's just keep going. I, I don't know. Those I, fighting I don't Irish. know what to say to that. Yeah, Notre Dame has been a very Irish part of our lives. Oh my gosh! And he said this. He said, oh, St. Patrick, he drove out the snakes with his prayers, but that's that's not all it takes. For the smoke symbolizes an evil that arises and hides in your heart as it breaks. 
and the evil from risen from friends, from the darkness that lives in some men, but in sorrow and fear, that's when saints can appear to drive out those old snakes once again. And they struggle for us to be free from the psycho in this human family. Ireland's sorrow and pain is now the Ukraine, and St. Patrick's name is now Zelensky. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I don't, I can't laugh because it's so cringe. Uh, hold on, I have to look up the full transcript real quick. Hold on. I, I Bono is comparing St. Patrick driving the snakes out of of Ireland which did that even happen like w- w- like so was that even I know it's like folklore but did that actually happen I don't know I, I hold on this thing is loading but I St. Patrick is now Zelensky it doesn't even rhyme no it doesn't even rhyme so we can tell that Bono's um, um, songwriting ability and his poem ability has has, has has lacked greatly ever since Hold on. I think it is. Yeah, here it is right here. Okay. So I have this message from Bono. Um, It says, St. Patrick, he drove the snakes. He drove out the snakes with his prayers, but that's not all it takes. When smoke symbolizes an evil that arises and hides in your heart as it breaks. But in sorrow and fear, that's when saints can appear to drive out those old snakes once again. And they struggle for us to be free from the psycho in the human family. Ireland's sorrow and pain is now in Ukraine. And St. Patrick's name is now Zelensky. Hmm. <laughs> so on St. Patrick's Day, it is Ireland's pain and sorrow... Uh, that what is happening in Ukraine in St. Patrick's name is now Zelensky. Zelensky does not rhyme anywhere in that poem. So I, I he's like, uh, how do I finish this? What rhymes with Zelensky? <laughs> he's got nothing. I, 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 I don't even. He he wrote on YouTube's Instagram page. The Ukrainian people are teaching the rest of the world what freedom looks like and what freedom feels like, and most importantly, what freedom acts like. The bully in the neighborhood will not prevail. Well, you know, it was interesting, Bono, and you two. Uh, you, where were you saying that whenever people were out protesting these, like, the um, like COVID lockdowns? I don't think you guys were saying this is what freedom looks like. This is what um, um, so freedom is all about this is, this is what freedom acts like so you guys were not protesting you guys, you guys weren't out you probably probably were could probably were condemning these people as um rabid trump supporters and anti-maskers and anti-science people so it's, it's only freedom whenever you guys support it um i find that interesting but freedom it, it, people do people still believe that ukraine is this great bastion of freedom and democracy they do uh, especially in the neoconservative neoliberal circles they do they don't this is like well john padoritz had wrote a piece about how this how what's going on in ukraine is is vindicating neoconservatism 
Yeah, because yeah, because they're because they're bad a straight a straight zero that they've gone zero for forty five and on, on at to play it against a against a little league pitcher. It's not exactly difficult circumstances here, but I don't even people. This is again we have we have reached peak mania with this that we have the U two lead singer saying that this is what freedom. This is what democracy looks like. This is what freedom looks like, everybody. And writing cringy poems, trying to shoehorn uh, St. Patrick's Day, which has nothing to do with invasion of a hostile military or anything of the sorts. Maybe if you want to play the the card of, oh, well, there's snakes. And uh, Zelensky is like St. Patrick. He's driving snakes. Because that's what St. Patrick did. He, he drove the snakes out of Ireland, which I don't think that ever happened. Correct me if I'm wrong. But this is where we're at. You know, it started with, you know, cute little pictures on Facebook. Again, which were very cringy and cringy TikToks, um, which all TikToks are cringy. So I, I that's not much of a statement there, Jacob. And people wearing armbands at soccer games and waving flags. This is one person that waves a Ukrainian flag at every single soccer game. Um, you know, back in 2017, I didn't see him waving the, um, the Yemen flag. So as far as his knowledge and his concern with, with humanitarian crisis, crises, I will call into question. Um, he didn't wave the 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 Yemen flag because he wasn't told to wave the Yemen flag. And that's the only reason why he's waving the Ukrainian flag now. Um, if the media was not covering the story wall to wall, he wouldn't care and he wouldn't bring his flag to the games. And that's the bottom line. Sorry if that offends anybody, but that's just the truth behind it. I, 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 I'm at a loss for words on this one. I, this is one that caught by surprise. And I was not expecting. What are your thoughts, Joe? Well, I, I, I don't have any really thing else else to add. I don't know. If I, I don't know. If I, I I can't laugh because it's so cringy. Um, but you know, I I, I don't. I, I just I have nothing else. I have nothing to say. <laughs> You're speechless. Excuse me, but I have nothing to say. Mm-hmm. As George Carlin said, breathtaking. Breathtaking. Took took my breath away. Took take my breath away. All right, we have one more bad take that we're going to dismantle and. And well, you could say put the hammer on on, oh, on Mark Levin. Mark Levin, we are we are coming after you, buddy. We're coming after you and your underground bunker. We're coming after it. No more Mark Levin bunkers. Could be the Standing Brothers bunker at well, as soon as soon as we're done with you. Well, it's just really just his mom's basement. Um, but I I, uh, I I I watched this today, and I hate myself for it because I I, I can't believe I wasted all those hours. I read all those books from this schmuck. Um, and, and it's just like, did I waste my time listening to this guy for years? And I'm starting to think I, I kind of did. No, he has some, Mark now, Levin has, now, has now, some, some good taste. Now, but now, it's... now, if you let me finish, now, it doesn't mean he's wrong on everything because he does get some stuff right. Um, but when it comes to stuff that's really important, like what's going on with Russia, Ukraine, it's so bad. So bad. So let's, uh, yeah, kick it. Anything for Hit it, Johnny. I asked the question earlier. I've asked it here before. I've asked it on radio, and I've asked it on Fox. Are the Ukrainians allowed to win? Are they allowed to win? What's that, what's that supposed to mean? Is who's who's saying they're not? Who's saying they're not allowed to win? 
Is anyone saying that? Can, let's just keep going. Because the mindset of this administration is they just need enough to hold on. People are getting slaughtered, folks. 10% of the population has gotten up and is trying to leave the country, has left the country. Millions and millions of refugees. These cities are getting pounded, regardless of experts saying the Russians are in trouble. They may well be in trouble. I, I don't second guess that. What I'm saying, though, is people are losing their lives in the meantime. These cities are being destroyed in the meantime. Yes, Mark. That's what happens in a war. Yeah, um, you know, that, yeah, that, that kind of goes with the territory with war. People die in war, Mark. This is what's going to happen. Now, I'm curious. What is your solution to all this? Because you've raised this concern about people dying and how, well, well are they allowed to win? He says that, you know, the Biden administration's position is who will just give them enough to hold on. Uh, what, what, what more is Biden supposed to do? I am, I am curious, Mark. Please tell us. Whether or not they can put in a replacement government, whether or not they can control the cities afterwards, real damage is being done. So you give the Ukrainians what they need. Now, what would happen? Let's think this through. If Putin's back is against the wall, would he start shooting nukes? Well, what other options does he have? Declaring victory and getting the hell out. Is he is he making the statement that if Putin loses this, he's just going to just pull a, pull a Hail Mary and start launching nukes? No. No. Is that what he said? Well, if, if, if he gets more into that okay. in a second. Or declaring victory and cutting some kind of peace. That's the other options he has. The man... But pause open- real quick. Okay, so he's talking about, um, you know, would he launch n- nuclear weapons? It remains to be seen. Um, but the about the idea of, okay, well, let's cut a peace deal. Well, that's an option that's on the table. But the Biden administration has, has done everything it can to... <laughs> not negotiate peace it seems like so if biden if his administration is not seeking out a peace deal with russia which they should be i mean anthony blinken and sergey lavrov should be in geneva right now trying to hammer out some kind of ceasefire and peace some kind of ceasefire and let's stop the fighting deal uh, but they're not doing that and he says well we got to give them whatever they need well okay well you can't just write everything on a check Right, you can't just say I need this, that you know. No, you need a detailed list. What he does is that what what Levin's advocating for is a U.S. Treasury check that just writes what they need. Yeah, just pay to order what they need. So I mean, but the, but the, that's like saying the teachers need to be paid more. Okay, well you can't write more on a check. I need a number here. What what, what is it they that they need? So let's continue. Ultimately, is a coward. He's an assassin. Putin's a coward. He's an assassin. Now the again, man ultimately is a coward. He's an assassin. He's killed his way to the top. And those are other people's kids who are fighting. So let's pause it real quick. So, okay, so Putin's killed his way to the top. <laughs> he, he, he's an assassin. Now, again, a lot of that, we don't know how much of that is true because there's so much swirling misinformation propaganda that surrounds Putin and how he became the president. There, it's a, We don't know that. Now, it very well could be possible that he has poisoned political opponents he's shut down political parties he's killed people to get where he is i'm not saying that none of that's true but to just throw that out there as as a matter of fact is a little bit i don't i don't don't know if i would want to go that far well i I, I love the point where he says that he's he's these are other people's kids 
Oh, but that's it, that's so rich coming from Mark because you know he has advocated for decades wars where, where, where these wars will be fought by other people's kids, right? Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, right? He's more than willing to send everyone else's kids to go fight and die in these wars that he thinks are so important, but he himself cannot do anything about it. He can't lift his finger. He can't go and do the fighting and dying himself. It's always someone else's kids. But then he brings up, well, these are other kids, people's kids that are dying in Ukraine. Dude, could you show a little, you know, I don't know, remorse or a little, you know, uh, the, the, the irony is dead on this man. Self-awareness is dead on this man. To think that, oh, well, I suddenly care about other people's kids. You never did in the first place, dude. So, he only cares about 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 American people's kids, Joe. But That's all he but cares isn't, about. Isn't it funny though? Is that you know, if I were to say that to him about if we're talking about I don't know Iraq, he would say, "Oh, you you hate America. You hate the troops. You hate the troops." But it's perfectly okay for him to say that about Ukraine. And it's funny how how everyone in the media establishment is say is all saying the same things about Ukraine, right? We, we can care about their kids' fight. We can care about their borders. You know, it's okay for them to have Ukrainian nationalism, but we can't have that in America because, you know, that's bad. But it's perfectly okay for Ukraine to say that, right? Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi are all saying that Ukrainian nationalism and border security is fine if you're in Ukraine. But don't you dare talk about it in the United States. How can these two things exist at the same time? Because they care more about Ukraine and they despise you. But anyway, continue. And he doesn't care. He doesn't care that he slaughters other people, whether they're Russians, Ukrainians, Syrians, Chechnyans. doesn't matter to him. He views himself as bigger than life. Ask him. He says he's Stalin, Catherine the Great, and on and on and on. That's the way he thinks. So lives are expendable, except for one, his. If he wanted to use nukes, he can use them already. He doesn't need any provocation from us, so-called provocation. <laughs> so-called provocation. <laughs> so-called provocation. You know, uh, I, I you love... know the whole World War III retaliation argument? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't need any provocation from us. So, can... Why did he just nuke it in the first place? Mark, if, if, he, has no, if, he, has no, if he has no provocation from us and, and, he, and he could do whatever he wants, why don't you think he just – why don't you think he hasn't done it already? Maybe it's because – have you ever seen the movie War Games? Do you know how this ends? The best way to, to, to describe nukes is a Mexican standoff. Once someone fires, everybody fires. This is how this works. This is why uh, this argument of, oh, well, you know, Putin will just, Putin will just, will just nuke whoever whenever he wants. He's, he, he's, just, he's, 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 he's just waiting for the right moment to do it. I, 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 well, it's d- stupid is dangerous to be talking this kind of way. Well, it, it, again, too, they they try the old line of, well, you know, Putin thinks he's Russia's great man that he's going to save Russia. Well, at the same time, he, he you know, we, we all we all think he's irrational, crazy, and he's yes. Stalin. These two things cannot be true at the same time. You this this is a major conflict, and the fact that he doesn't care about other people's lives. Okay, I would argue, Mark, that you don't care about other people's lives. Because for decades you have advocated for wars where over million over a million people have died, right? The sanctions that were put on in, in, in Iraq in the 90s killed tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of children because they were blockaded for medical supplies. They bombed sanitation sites where they couldn't have clean drinking water. 
That all happened, and it was all praised and touted as a major success by the U.S. neocons. Well, I mean, Mark, if you want to have those dead, if you want to have the blood of those dead kids on your hands, so you could say, "Well, you know, I'm we're, we're peace through strength," then, then then go screw yourself because I'm tired of this. But Joe, you, you're missing one big flaw in in your argument. Those weren't Ukrainian kids. Mm. Those weren't Ukrainian kids. That's those right. were those were those were third world brown skinned people from the Middle East. And let's just be honest. They're not even really people. No. Come on. Like, if you live in Yemen, are you really even a human being at that point? No. If you're a little kid in Iraq who doesn't, you know, who doesn't, who doesn't live in a fancy country like, like Ukraine, your life, it, it's, it's, it, is, it is merely a number on a piece of paper. That's all it really is. And, and Mark Levin is perfectly okay with, you know, with the situation going on in Yemen, the situation going on in Syria. He's completely cool with all that. He is, full, he is, he is down with the cause. Well, of the genocide in Yemen, and 100% went for it. And if he wasn't, he would be this adamant against stopping it as he is right now pushing for us to get further involved in Ukraine. Well, I loved how he talks about, you know, whether it's he, he doesn't care who he kills, whether it's Syrians or whoever. Um, I think he fails to remember that uh, Putin and Bashar al-Assad, the, 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 the leader of Syria, were allies. And that's a pretty tight-knit relationship between Assad and Putin. And the Syrians that he is so-called that he is that Putin has been killing were the so-called freedom fighters, the the rebels that were backed by the United States. Now those rebels, I might have you know, were a, a little group called ISIS. Oh, <laughs> so Assad and Putin were killing ISIS while at the same time the U.S. was giving them guns in Syria. So in a way, so in a way, uh, you know, the U.S. created ISIS and we were fighting ISIS. All at the same time funding ISIS, and then we blamed Bashar al-Assad and Putin for killing Syrians. So in a way, you could say Mark Levin pro-ISIS. Yeah, you could say that. You could. You could say that. You could say that. You could say that. You could say that. But on the one hand, the idea that you send the MIGs, which our military says are not going to help them, but that that would that would escalate matters and then trigger a nuclear war is so absurd on its face. It's not even. It's irrational. It can't be both, can it? And the answer is no. No, he's stuck. And now's the time to hammer the hell out of him with everything, everything the West has in a way that does not involve the United States directly with soldiers or a no-fly zone. So this can be done. Now, how do I know that? Because Reagan did it in Afghanistan. Did exactly this in Afghanistan. And not just Afghanistan. He pushed back against the Soviets in Angola. He pushed back against the Soviets in Nicaragua. He pushed back against the Soviets all over the world. In the Middle East, we gave our freedom fighters all over the world weaponry. <laughs> oh, Mark. Gave, you, you, gave, you gave ISIS. Mark, you were such a fool. The idea that we stuck it to the Russians in Afghanistan by arming the Mujahideen. Now, remember, Mark, I know you know this. You have to know this. Either either you are a fool or you're just ignorant. The idea that we funded these or gave these freedom fighters weapons in Afghanistan, well, do you know who they were publishing? Major newspapers were publishing pictures of these so-called freedom fighters in the, in the, in the late 80s. Uh, they were putting out pictures of Osama bin Laden. As the freedom fighter that, that the Reagan administration was giving guns to. Mark, these are the same people that flew those planes into the towers. You fool! How do you not know this? 
These freedom fighters are the same people that we fought for for 20 years in Afghanistan. What a great success neoconservatism is. It's the self-looking ice cream cone. We arm an enemy who is fighting the, our, our other enemy, and then 20 years later, we're still fighting them. <laughs> we, we, we create, we create Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda bombs us, and then we say... Whoa, hang on a second. That's all kind of guys got to be stopped. What are we doing here? <laughs> and the, these freedom fighters throughout the rest of the world, you know, that we funded. Uh, reigning terror wherever they go. What a huge success neoconservatism is. What a huge success the foreign policy of the, the Rand Corporation and all these think tanks that you like to get your, that all your money comes from. What a huge success this is, right? What a huge success uh, the, the Middle East is now. It's, it, is a, it is a basket of paradise over there. Hey, right, man. It's... You it... are... Mark, you are an idiot. You are a fool. So, but c continue. Continue on. He didn't worry about that. Hold on. Freedom fighters all over the world, weaponry. He didn't worry about that. Look at Donald Trump. The Syrians were warned not to use gas on their people. And they did. No, they didn't. Hang on a second, though. Trump had warned them not to, but they did. Obama had warned them not to earlier, and they did. And, you know, he went golfing. Uh, Pause and, of it. course, uh, Mark. That didn't happen. Mark, there is no evidence. There has been no evidence produced ever to suggest that actual chemical weapons were ever used in Syria. Furthermore, the people who were pushing the lie about chemical weapons were the same people who were funding and supporting ISIS a la the United States and the West. You had a man, Bashar al-Assad, who is not a nice man, who has killed lots of people in the Syrian civil war that was not started by the by the Syri by his government, was started by the, the United States and NATO through groups like ISIS. So the U.S. is directly responsible for what's happened there. And there is no evidence. It was debunked in real time that there was no evidence that chemical weapons were ever used. And the fake red line that, that Obama put up as well, you know, we, you know, if he goes in with chemical weapons, that's when we step in. You know what? The reason why he didn't do anything, my opinion, why Obama didn't do anything, because chemical weapons were never used, Mark. It's fake. It's a foe. It's a lie. And it's so disheartening. This is the great failure of conservatism, Mark Levin, lying about chemical weapons in Syria. The, 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 I, I hate that people hold this guy up as the, as the bastion of conservatism. He's a fool. He's a liar. Spreading fake news about this. Fake news. And Trump, the, it's, it should be plainly obvious. The only time Trump got praised from the corporate press is when he bombed Syria. Now, if Nancy Pelosi, if Lester Holt, if uh, Brian, Williams. Brian Williams and Fareed Zakara are all saying, you know what, Trump's doing something right here by bombing Syria, you know he's doing something wrong. So when Mark Levin and, and Hillary Clinton have the same foreign policy, you know they're on the wrong side of history. You know they're wrong. That's how you know. It's, it's not that hard. You know they're wrong when... Hillary Clinton and Mark Levin had the same foreign policy talking points. But they claim to not. Right. They, 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 they claim they won't. But you know, Joe, I am guided by their beauty. and I am guided by the beauty of our weaponry. Our, our and, weaponry. and they are beautiful. They are, they are beautiful. 
uh, I, I I find all of this just yeah. absolutely fascinating. All right, let's just let's just let's just wrap the sucker up. Uh, afterwards, uh, Putin invaded Crimea, and nothing happened after that either. He sent blankets and uh, foodstuffs to uh, Ukraine, I think. Okay, so that's how that reacted. What did Trump do? He fired missiles from our ships that hit this Syrian base. Who is controlling and running that Syrian base? The Russians. That act, triggered by Trump as a result of what the Syrians had done, killed up to 300 Russians on that base. Was that escalatory? No. Really? It was a great deterrent. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because killing 300 Russians is, is not a bad thing. It, it, whatever. Cause, well, cause, well, apparently Putin doesn't, kill a, doesn't care about his own people. So you could kill all the Russian soldiers and he wouldn't care. Right. Okay, Mark. Whatever. Then that means that, then that means what? Okay. Okay, Mark. By your logic, then, then a no-fly zone should be fine. It should just be deterrence. Yeah. If, you know, you know, you know, I think that four or five Russian fighter jets is, is is mathematically a lot less than 300 people. So by going by your logic, then Putin would just be like, well, you know, it's just deterrence. That's all it is. It's deterrence. So, so, you know, if Donald Trump wanted to nuke Russia, well, that's deterrence. It's deterrence, man. Because no matter what the United States and the U.S. military does, it's always deterrence. It's never provocation because we are always the moral, the moral and righteous ones. We knew it. We never, ever ever do anything wrong no matter if it's misguided like the obama or the biden administration sure they're a little misguided or it's perfect like the bush and trump administration it's always perfect we never do anything wrong we never provocate an enemy we never create our own enemies we never support dictators we always support quote freedom fighters we always support quote democracies we always support and encourage freedom and justice throughout the world we don't do anything bad of course not we are the moral and righteous ones and everyone else are the baddies they're all the bad guys are we the baddies so let's, let's continue let's wrap the sucker up and russia never challenged trump what is he okay so <clears throat> what i heard like tell me if i'm wrong what i heard was that um we need to be we need to be doing more Doing more because because this argument that um, Ukraine has to be allowed to win, that well right now they're not allowed to win, and that and that we, we need to be doing more. You know what's what I find uh, concerning is the fact that as of right now, and this may change. As of right now, Joe Biden has this right. <laughs> oh yeah, Joe Biden got this right. Wasn't it Biden who who declined? migs to poland or something like that i think so I, I someone looked that up if you're listening but i could have sworn that we were supposed to give fighter jets and someone in the united states said no we're not giving them fighter jets you know the fact that i'm agreeing with joe biden as of right now parentheses because that could very well change in fact tomorrow that they have this right um that we shouldn't be involved uh, and, and Mark Levin, who's supposed to be this this Reagan-esque um, foreign policy expert, um, you know, I, I'm a, it's a something something to to scratch your head out. And another thing too that I that I heard was I took away from this was that we need to, we, need, we need to be doing more and killing Russians 
um, does not spark nuclear war and doesn't cause anything. Doesn't any, cause conflict. Does not cause conflict and is only a um, deterrent. So, Mark, why don't we have an, why don't we have a no-fly zone? You said we don't have to have a no-fly zone, but you know, if you shoot down a couple of Russian jets, well, that's not going to escalate things any further. Why don't we have U.S. presence in in, in Ukraine? You know, if they kill two hundred Russians and you know shoot them dead in the streets, you know that's not going to escalate things because it's just deterrence. I watched another video of his, and he was talking about how we need to rebuild the U.S. military. wasn't it, Wasn't it just rebuilt? He said, "You know, we need to spend more money on it. Uh, how much more? How much more money? You can't just okay. Again, you cannot write more on a check. The U.S. If you combine everything that goes into the U.S. Uh, defense, it's over like a trillion dollars a year, roughly a trillion dollars a year. Okay, how much more? A trillion and a half? Two trillion? He said we could have the biggest military in the world. So we do. So to, to for deterrence. Okay, well we, we've had the biggest military in the world. We are the biggest military in the world. We have the most influence in the world. And look at where it got us. It got us problems with Ukraine. It's giving us problems with Russia. It's getting us problems with with China. And it's not because, oh, well, the U.S. is weak. This idea that the U.S. is weak and it doesn't act through strength or peace through strength is ridiculous. Every president for the last, I don't know, four administrations has really had the same foreign policy. And it's backfiring, right? Ben Shapiro was on with Bill Maher, and he was talking about how, well, NATO expansion doesn't have, NATO expansion did, did, did not cause the problems here with Ukraine. It's, how can you say that? How can you say that? When, 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 when Putin says that Ukraine is a red line for Russia, and then... 15 it, years ago he said this. And then in then 2008, you know, B- Bush says, well, we're going to bring Georgia and, and Ukraine into, into NATO. That's his red line. So if you cross his red line, is he not supposed to react to that? Of course it was part of the problem. Of course it is part of the problem. This is ridiculous. The, the, the neoconservatism always gets this wrong. And their solution is, well, we just got to do more. Well, I think you've done enough. Well, see, Joe, see, see, see Joe, we can't be wrong, okay? Right. Our actions can't be wrong. It has to be something else. Because, like, you know, like, we're just following the same playbook that's been perfect ever since the last 20, 30 years. So... Um, NATO can't be at fault here. It has to be Russia. So we have to make up these false narratives about, well, he's this, he's a killer. He's a bloodthirsty. He wants to wants to rebuild the Soviet Union, take over Europe again, and he's a, he's the next Stalin, next Stalin in waiting. Yeah. Um, because he's we Hitler. can't because we can't admit that. Oh, hey, maybe we um, had a play in this occurring. May, just just maybe, just maybe um, our aggression um, had had something to do with this. Possibly, and just, just throwing it out there. And as far as people who are saying that um, that Russia is a threat to us and that they're a threat to Europe, n- name me, uh, name me uh, one other country, just any country that has military bases on every continent of this planet and has stations in literally every country. Stations in Germany, still, we still have a U.S. base in Germany. Why? Are, are are we waiting for Hitler 2.0 to start to start making his way towards Poland and France again? We have stations in Japan, Australia, all, all over the world. Why? Russia doesn't have Let me tell you this. If you think that Russia had as many bases around the world that the US has, maybe I would I I could see an argument there. I could I could entertain that thought. The US spends more 
more on defense budgets, more on defense spending than 11 countries combined. And yes, that includes China and that includes Russia. 11 other countries don't even compare to the U.S. in defense spending. So this argument that, oh, we're depleted, oh, we're a weak military, oh, we don't, we're a, Russia's a threat to the U.S., they're a threat to, no, it's not true. This is more talking points for people to spend more money and to fearmonger you into believing that we need to continue these stupid wars. To think that, to, to, to honestly think that ISIS had any threat or Al-Qaeda had any threat, yes, they did 9-11. But this argument that we have to eliminate them or else they're going to eliminate us is foolishness. And the fact that we couldn't even do it we spent 20 years doing spent it. Spent 20 years and, and almost $10 trillion. And we couldn't even do it because of a failed ideology that, that we can win all of these wars if we just meddle ourselves in other situations in other countries. I, 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 I don't even... Well, the, 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 the conservatives, the neoconservatives claim that they are anti-Marxist, that they're anti-communist, right? But they go full national socialism or full command and control economy when it comes to defense. They say, oh, well, these other countries are too weak, so we'll just do it for them. Again, they, they love to rail against outrageous government spending unless it's the defense to budget. De defense budget unless it's that because they can get a blank check they can get it whatever they want right we can ha we can't have socialism for uh, all the for for reason x but for reason y the the defense budget well we can have as much socialism as we want for that because you know peace through strength who cares what it does to the economy you know Mark Levin will rail against will rail against the outrageous spending of the Biden administration, but you know the the good spending is the, is the spending from the Pentagon. That's the good spending, right? So you can't you cannot hold those two positions at the same time and be you know logically logically consistent because you know uh, that that's a little thing that we on the right like to do is be consistent logically, and you know the neoconservatism neoconservatism throws all of that crap out the window. Um, so, so yeah, and you know, there's something to be said. Here's a CNBC article I pulled up real quick. This came back from 2014 or 2019. Said that America has spent 6.4 trillion dollars on wars in the Middle East and Asia since 2001. So you know, again, I am an anarchist. I am a, I am a libertarian. I do not believe the government has the right to steal money. I don't believe um, that these programs. And government spending is is right, but play a little devil's advocate here. If I could choose between paying everybody's health care bills and giving money to 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 to, to the poor, or these stupid wars, six point four trillion dollars, it'd be hard to argue against giving everybody free health care. Like I, I am just, I am just that is a that that is a winning argument. Well, that was the Trump campaign speech. We 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 can if we can spend trillions of dollars in the Middle East, that we can spend trillions of dollars fixing the roads and bridges here in America. And I'm not saying that we should be giving free health care to people, but look, if if the money is going to be spent, and I mean, look, that is a that is a hard argument to to deny that. Hey, you know, there are people out there who do get these. Now, I'm not saying the economics of giving everybody free health care doesn't work out because they've already established it. But, you know, 
if there is somebody out there who has had a hundred thousand dollar life 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 needing sur- surgery that saved their life do do you do you rather give that person a hundred thousand dollars to pay that debt off or fund continue funding these stupid the wars bombs. the drop bombs you know I would never argue against the former. I I, I, I never would. I'd be. I thought it was America first, not not Iraq or or Afghanistan first. Well, see, Joe, gotta fight him there, or else we'll fight him here. Right. Because because we are facing a land invasion from Afghanistan. You know, that's where I have a hard time with with the conservatives in this argument of, um, and whenever the whenever they. Whenever they argue against social programs, but yet they'll argue for for more military spending, you can't have it both ways. At least, at least the honest progressives get that half right. Yeah. At least they do. At least they at least they come out and say, hey, hey, we should spend less on on wars, and we should spend more uh, at home. And they don't come from this argument of, well, hey, it's the it's the it's the it's the um it's the responsible thing to do as far as economically. They don't play that. They come out and say, hey, we should spend more money, and yeah, we should tax more and spend more money. Whereas conservatives will come out and say, oh, we can't. That's socialism. We can't do that. That's that is that is economically irresponsible to spend money on social programs. But but you know, almost a trillion dollars a year in dropping bombs on third world countries. Well, you know, we have to, or else or else they'll they will fight us here. At least the progressives have a sound argument, which is why I tend to agree with their arguments more when it comes to those issues. I, I, I just do. It's still not right, but it's more logical. No. I listen to Jimmy Dore, and who I don't agree with all the time, but I'm like, he makes sense. His argument is sound. <laughs> He's a sound argument. I don't agree with it, but it, it, it's sound. I can't argue against it from the other side. Like, if we had a mock debate, I couldn't beat him in a mock debate. It's not winnable. Coming from the conservative side. Uh, but that's where we're at. That is where we're at right now. We have a prominent conservative um, who's on the, the emblaze. And thankfully, um, guys like Glenn Beck aren't, aren't, aren't the same way um, as, as Mark Levin. Cause, He's cause gotten a lot better over Mark the years. Levin has gone well. I think, I, think, I think that Michael Malice has done a lot for helping him. And Michael Malice is actually a regular on Glenn's program. So if you like Glenn's show or you don't know who Glenn Beck is very very intelligent guy and he's gotten really really good I think that Michael has been one of the people that has really got him thinking about that but folks hope you enjoyed hope hope you hope that you enjoyed some of the cringe and that you hopefully you gotta stretch your neck out because it's you know probably all locked up and twitching in one regard um hope you hope 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 you laughed along with us a little bit and you know we did get a little dark a little negative at times, but it's a little bit more of a lighthearted episode. You can find some moments to laugh. You know, look, you have to laugh. You have to. Yeah, you have to. Because Laughing is, this, is important and is, it is essential. You have to have your Kamala Harris laugh. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't even get, I didn't even get, to, get to that bit yeah. whenever she was talking about um, bringing refugees. And it was the president of um, Romania or Poland, one of the two countries. And... She was like, okay, a friend in need is a friend in need. <laughs> anyway. And the, uh, the president was standing there like, do I laugh? What do I do? What am I supposed to do? Anyway. Uh, well, folks, that's the end of the episode. If you made it this far, God bless you because you need it. Um, if you enjoyed what you listened to, and if you did, uh, you may need to go see a, see a doctor. 
But if you enjoyed what you listened to on this program, consider subscribing, can consider following the show on Spotify. And if you are like, hey, Jacob, I'm already doing that, I say thank you. And then I'll say, if you really enjoyed what you're listening to, consider supporting us monthly on our Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you early access to every single episode of the show. You can also support us through one of our t-shirt sales, Teespring Store, link in the description. Follow along with my writings of the libertyoverdrive.substack.com. I have not written in about a week, but I'm working on some stuff now, trying to touch on some of the comments that Mitt Romney said about Tulsi Gabbard and The View. Oh, dear. How they were calling for the lockup of Tulsi Gabbard and Tucker Carlson for the audacity to question and to ask basically basically to ask questions and to not start start world war three they should be dare you they should be locked up for not wanting nuclear and armed conflict with a with a russia so you know that's the great that, that's the folks that is where we're at right now but hope you guys enjoyed it hope you guys have a great week we'll see you guys back on friday and until then we'll take it easy Tranquility, we've got the on the ground. We got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot.